Hello friends, this is Kirk Henderson, your editor-in-chief at Mavs Moneyball, coming to you by myself for a solo podcast following the Dallas Mavericks defeating of the Sacramento Kings 112-96 to on New Year's Eve. For those of you who were unable to see the game, the Dallas Mavericks played a little bit of a sloppy first quarter. The Kings shot something like 6 of 9 from 3, and it looked like it was going to be one of those games. Uh, things went well for the Mavericks offensively, but they were just not able to really defend the Kings very well. And they gave up 39 points in the first quarter and were down by 10 with a minute left only for the Kings to do various boneheaded Kings things. And the Mavericks worked themselves back into it, found themselves trailing by five in the second quarter. The Mavericks put the clamps on the Kings uh, offensively and jumped out to a like a 62-56 lead um, just through kind of steady play throughout the whole roster. It was it was a, it was a fun game, or at least a fun quarter defensively. Um, this game was really one where you could see a lot of the Mavericks defense, you know, working to their advantage and the Kings doing stuff like funneling offense through the Me Too guy. Um, after that, in the third quarter, the Mavericks went on a bananas – 24 to 2 run after the Kings had tied things up at 67 all. And at that point the game was you know effectively over. Um any fans watching will head nod at this, but it, it, up to this point in the game Dwight Powell was such a non-contributing zero that my timeline was just filled with rage at him. Then he managed to connect on four straight alley-oop dunks that the Kings just didn't defend. Like it was really weird. We're just talking the same pick and roll uh, action uh, for three of the plays, then a fast break alley-oop dunk on another one. And that, you know, sort of really loosened up the Kings' defense. And by that point, the game was over. Uh, the Kings tried to make a little bit of a rally in the fourth quarter, closed it to 13, uh, but then the Mavericks just continued to pile on and the around the three- to four-minute mark, uh, both teams uh, sent in the rest of their bench. You know, going through, this was really a nice offensive performance uh, for the Mavericks, particularly for Kristaps Porzingis, who played what, you know, I, I don't have all of his box scores in front of me, but it really felt like perhaps one of his more efficient games of this season. He was 2 of 4 from 3, 8 of 12 from the field uh, for 24 points. He also had 9 rebounds, including a couple of contested ones. He also had 3 offensive boards, which was really helpful. Then he had 6 assists, and... Porzingis making the right pass has been one of these things that we've talked about that's been really fun to see. Uh, and then guys hitting shots off of the correct pass, that's been really great. So it's it's been one of you know those types of seasons for him. Um, the threes starting to go a little bit has been nice as well. He's got a long way to go before he gets near his career average. I don't know really what he would have to shoot to even get back up there. I think he would have to shoot something in the neighborhood of like 42% from distance for at least the next 30 games. It's it's going to be tough for him to, to hit his career average. But if he just starts hitting a little bit, it's a really big deal for the Mavericks. He also had, uh, played some nice defense. Um, and then I wrote about this in the recap, but... His seven free throw attempts continue a surge to where he's shooting 5.2 uh, attempts on the year, which is a maverick uh, high since he's been with Dallas for the past three seasons. His second highest total since he's been in the NBA. And then his free throw rate, so number of free throws shot per field goal attempt. Um, 
and he he's up to like 0.32 and that's preposterous compared to last year where he was at 0.2 where he was just never getting to the line josh talked about this a lot uh, along with his defensive prowess, this more than anything else is is showing you know how healthy he's looked uh, relative to where he was last year, at least in the confidence of movement. So that's been really really nice to see. Um, Jalen Brunson continues to just make money for himself: twenty three points, five rebounds, eight assists. Um, really efficient, uh, really effective. Uh, three turnovers, which his assist to turnover rate, his ability to control the ball has been has been really nice. Um, then going to the bench, guys, you know, Marquise Chris is just making a case for himself to be on this team full time. Whether that's waving Willie Cauley Stein, which I know the Mavericks probably don't want to do just for using him in trade value, but he's just not. I just don't think he's going to come back at this point. But Chris played 18 uh, minutes, had eight points and seven rebounds. Uh, he, he just plays so hard and he plays hard in a way that feels different than how Dwight Powell plays because a lot of Powell's play when he's in effect, when, when Powell is, is ineffective, he is just a black hole of suck. Um, he can't do anything right. It's, it's almost like, you know, you want to put a blooper reel over, over, you know, like the, trying to think what the name of the song is but just like the some of the ridiculous stuff that that you see it's just like it can't even it doesn't even feel real sometimes when he's playing um marquis chris though just plays so hard and it's he's making the most out of another opportunity i don't know you know what will happen particularly with with the covid protocol stuff but it's you know he's on his second contract with a 10-day hardship contract which he signed today um or was announced today and so that's really, it's really nice for him. It's been fun to see some successes come out of this kind of challenging time for the Mavericks. Um, another person that, that really showed his worth today, uh, again, was um, Sterling Brown, who I keep wanting to call Shannon Brown, and that is just not correct. Um, Brown had seven boards, eight points as well, just like Chris's line. Like their lines are pretty uh, almost uh, identical in terms of like counting stats. Um Brown's just he's playing hard. He he's he's playing and and you know doing the sorts of things that I I didn't know what to expect from him, but like the rebounding these last several games has been really fun uh and and something to see. Then lastly we have our our uh resident non-rookie, though everyone keeps telling me we should consider this as rookie year in Josh Green, who played 26 minutes. Um he got fouled twice in the first quarter. He shot four free throws, hitting all four. He'd only taken 30 free throws the rest of his career. So that, like, getting, you know, that much was was just something that amused me. Um, he also had a pair – he had one assist. He has just some crazy pass attempts. Um, it, it's just, it, the willingness of Josh Green to do stuff that he probably – you know, that Carlisle would put him in the phantom zone for is something that I'm getting a kick out of during these games so long as it's not deciding the games. Um, defensively, I like that he's getting put on good players, Halliburton, Fox, like just getting to spend time doing some of this stuff. I'm st- I still have no idea if he's any good at these things, but you got to get minutes. You just need minutes. And the Mavericks playing him 26 minutes tonight is something nice. And uh, I was glad to see it. Um, Frank Nilakina didn't play tonight. That's something that that is worth monitoring. I wonder if that's like a precautionary thing or if Jason Kidd basically put him in Jason Kidd's phantom zone since it was Frank that gave up the 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 bad penetration to Fox in the game winner uh, or uh, on the game winning drive the other night. 
And so it just, you know, Frank's a good defensive player, but that was a terrible defensive possession. Um, I know Josh talked about it on the last pod. We don't need to rehash it. Uh, Reggie Bullock found his shot again a little bit tonight. He was um, three of five from downtown. Just watching the way his shot went down was really, was it felt good to see. Good for him. Um, You know, past that, there's just not a, a ton to take away from this game. You know, you watch the Kings and you see why Tyrese Halliburton was someone the Mavericks tried to trade up for in 2019. I mean, he would, he is just a good basketball player. Really like watching him play. 17 points, 10 assists, great shooter from deep. Um, Fox is not very good. I don't understand why people think he's something. Rashawn Holmes is also someone else. The the Mavericks, uh, at least Mavericks fans, were super interested in. I love that like little ten foot push shot. Um, is something. It's just a sight to behold. Like well, imagining him with Luca is something that that I I get a kick out of doing. Um, but the Kings are just they're in, they're a strange basketball team. Uh, some really talented guys, but things just don't seem to work out for them in any sort of consistent fashion. Well, guys, I know you're probably expecting more, but it's New Year's Eve. And I'm here by myself. I'm going to go host a green room uh, to get the take on Mavs fans before we uh, head on out into a new year. Josh and I will be back on Sunday night, probably recording something else. I hope you all have a safe holiday, though most of you won't hear this until Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. It's been a real pleasure uh, recording podcasts for you all this year. And Josh and I hope to continue to provide you guys with good content in 2022. This is Kirk Henderson signing off for Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Everybody have a great week.